Hey listeners, welcome to another fun-filled and exciting episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast brought to you by your good friends at Lifeway Kids, where a kid can be a kid. No, I just I just totally made that up. I think that was from something. There's you know, I, I my, the Chuck my Cheese guest today, Discovery guys, Zone. What did you Zach just channel there? Hey Zach, how you doing? Good Chuck, how are you? Zach Zach is uh, is our good friend over from the, the Lifeway student side. And so he's joining us today from from the the beautiful and uh, scenic uh, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, man, right yeah. here. To- it's right all about Tulsa. You right know, Tulsa the was for those of you who, uh, whether you admit it or not, for those of you who uh, watched the Friends sitcom That's series right. back in the day, Slim Pickens, Tulsa man. was the place Slim that Chandler was sent as punishment. Right, it's, tall, it's like he fell asleep, asleep in, in the meeting. meeting, and they're like, "You're going to Tulsa." Yep. <laughs> is that what happened to you, Zach? Uh, sure. No, kinda. I mean, uh, the short version <laughs> is we grew up in Oklahoma, and then we were out in seminary, in North Carolina, and then you do what you do after seminary, which is job hunt. And there was an opportunity in North Carolina we almost took, an opportunity in California we almost took, uh, but then the church that I interned for. Nine years previous, 10 years previous, uh, the youth pastor that had been there for 13 years was resigning uh, to go do his nonprofit work with his wife. They had started a girl's home in Ghana, West Africa. And so he said, I'm leaving. Would you or someone you know be interested? And I was like, well, I am looking for a job and this is a great church. And so there we are, man. So we wound up there. We were there for almost seven years before joining the team at Lifeway in 2019. And so got back to Oklahoma. Tulsa is relatively new for us, uh, but back to Oklahoma from where my wife and I grew up. So, so but, but Tulsa is really, it's a great place. It's it not it's a let's fun be clear. city. Although it's a it fun was city. it was kind of a punchline, you know, from the friends thing. Eh, that's Tulsa's New York though, place. right? Like that's the, you know, that's fine. I get it. It's not the same as New York City. That's Man, cool. I, have, I get it. I have spent some time in Oklahoma with some really good friends out there uh, in kids ministry especially. They're the Oklahoma Baptists. Yo, what's up? Mark Jones and company. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Gatton and team, everybody out there. Those I mean, those have gotten to be really good friends of mine as I've visited Oklahoma. And so I have nothing but respect and admiration for Oklahoma. I've actually, it's crossed my mind, you know, if, if I ever needed to uh, go into a witness protection program or for whatever okay? reason, <laughs> I might go to Oklahoma, except for the tornadoes. There's that big asterisk that has to hang out there. That's like, okay, great place, great people. I've even had Oklahoma shaped donuts when I visited Oklahoma. They're pretty sweet, pretty cool, Top shelf, literally man. sweet, but very Top cool. Shelf. And, and, but <laughs> but the tornadoes, it's like that big thing that you know, it's like you roll the dice anytime it, it rains you, that you could lose your home. How do you how do you deal with that, uh, Zach? Yeah, I mean, like you're not wrong. Although I feel like uh, there are areas of Oklahoma that are a little more tornado prone. Like for mm. the folks kind of southwest Oklahoma, I mean that there seems to be a, a not even within Tornado Alley there yeah. is a, even a more specified like lane. Oh, that right. Run. Okay. So we get severe weather, uh, but I mean, at least in our goodness eight years of living here, we have not uh, ever felt really like. I mean. 
we, we have protocol. My, my boys know it's the hall closet, first floor, uh, no windows. And then I pull the big kitchen table up as Man, like a, you know, we, so we've had those that's, moments of like taking shelter, duty. but I, I don't know. It's just part of it, I guess. See, like, so we so I grew up in New Jersey where we had, you know, nothing, just angst, basically angst. Just angst. But aside from that, we, you know, nothing, just no sadness. real natural disasters to worry about. I, I moved to California as soon as, you know, because that's what you do. When you live in New Jersey, you, you go to California. That's the dream. So I did that with my wife when we were first married. California has earthquakes and fires. Right. But when and those things slides. happen, yeah. everybody, everybody experiences them without, you know, um, what's the word? Like without no, – nobody's exempted from that. It's, you're all, it's, it's every, all jurisdiction. It's all That whole deal, right? We're all in. Then we moved to Florida. Hurricanes. Yeah, terrible, horrible. Everybody gets them. But with the tornado, now that we're in Tennessee where we get some of that in Oklahoma where you are, yeah, it's totally like, who knows? Your, your, your house is fine, but your neighbor's house is completely gone. It's toothpicks. So anyhow, who, how did we get onto this? Oh, yeah, Tulsa. I love TV. It. We, I started off by saying some little, you know, uh, little commercial-based thing. My my brain. I'm not sure how yours works, Zach or listeners, but my brain is full of like jingles and like TV theme songs <laughs> and things like that. You know, so when we talk about your kids' ministry, I think of Kicks the cereal, where it's like Kicks, kid tested, mother approved. That's you know, it. so it's like all these little <laughs> things. Somehow that's what got us here. Listeners, hey, welcome. It's good if you have endured through all of this random, meaningless banter. Hey, good luck. Thank you for hanging with us. We're glad to have you here. Uh, I, I really thought that today. was going to be your segue. Isn't into, that great? Hey, these two guys are actually hosting the Edge Simulcast, and you can tune in for even more banter this October. Yeah. So this is true. This is true. So Zach and I are have been uh, voluntold. That that we will be now. We've we actually have stepped up and we've taken it on because we we're excited. We're, we're in. We're all in for the Etch Conference coming up this October. Zach and I will be hosting yep. the simulcast event. So if you are attending in person, we'd love to see you and shake your hand and and uh, encourage you. High five but, in the main rooms. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. High fives in the main room, high five in the hallway, the whole deal. We're all in and we're going to be there. So we'll be excited. But for those of you who are not able to be there in person, Zach and I will be We'll be your buddies. High five through the screen. That's right. Ticket. If you're yeah, watching right. at home or with the office crew, if you if you've got the team together to watch the simulcast, uh, we will be your uh, bearded guides from you're, one section to the next. Your dynamic uh, duo. I, I, so, dude, listen, listen, they could not have picked two more uh, energetic people from our teams to host. I don't. I mean, who, who knows what will go down? But I'm I'm telling you, between costume changes, hats, and at least some <laughs> funny like dialects or like impersonations it's going to be a good time on the simulcast i think they were looking for like what's the least we can spend on hair and makeup and so they picked <laughs> us right. here we are that's no right. hair and you know you get what you get when it comes that's to right. these faces uh, which is why we tend to podcast you know <laughs> you got a face for radio that's it dude well zach man i have you and i have just had a great time getting to know each other i so, know that you have a background in your family uh your mom was in kids ministry and Ran VBS. You grew up all around Doing kids it. ministry. Now you live in this student world. 
Yep. Um, I started in the student space. So I was a student pastor right out of college when it was called being a youth pastor, you know, back then, way back. That dates me. The, uh, but, the but man, the I have youths. a heart for student, you two youths. Uh, I've got a heart for students. You've got a heart for kids. And so when we get a chance to come together, uh, it's, I think it's just always fun to, um, to compare notes and to challenge and encourage each yeah. other. And so we, as you and I talked about wanting to, uh, do an episode together for the podcast for our kids listeners. We started to talk, spend a little time thinking and praying about what might we talk about. Yeah. And and you came back to me and you said, man, here's what's on my heart. So tell us what, what was behind what first of all, what's the topic that's on your heart that we're gonna talk yeah. about today? And how did you get there? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we were just kind of spitballing some stuff and I know that, uh, there's been several things that have come out recently that have been very like practical and kind of like listicle, like here's some things to get ready for fall, but maybe it's just been on the back of some other interviews and conversations that I've had recently. I just want to inject a little bit of, of hope into maybe where your listeners are seated uh, because this next fall feels a little bit up in the air. And I say that as someone who just a few months ago, I mean, like April, May, it was like, we're going to make it through summer and we're going to have the best fall ever. Like we're just, we're just going to do it. We're just, we we did a year of uncertainty. We're going to do a summer of ready. And then we're going to have a fall of great expectation. And just as a like, not a hedge, but just as an, as a nudge or like an embrace, like I want those that are about to lead into ministry, launch into ministry for this fall to feel hopeful, but not by your own effort. And I think that's the thing that I would want to name is that we are about to walk into a season where we are going to be reminded yet again, that hope is not a matter of our effort or our wishes or wants, but truly from a place of seeking dependence on God that's going to show up in little places. And so this is the part of the jumping off point for you because I, I can't imagine a better space to find hope where it shows up in the cracks in small places than by working with, small kiddos, like as, as the dad of a brand new first grader and a pre k they are the ones that surprise us the most with hope and imagine for us and with us what it means to be hope filled or hope dependent, uh, in life. And so I just, from, from, from student ministry back to kids ministry to share with you, uh, just help us like, man, what, what are the ways in which you share with folks and give wisdom to folks to make sure that we don't miss what little voices uh, and little, little, uh, uh, bearers, yeah. carriers of hope have to share. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, so many times we, we go into ministry, whether it's kids or student ministry or even parenting, thinking that we are going to be the ones who dispense this wisdom and knowledge, yeah. right? We're, we, we've figured it now. We all know that we haven't figured it out, right? Cause when I was a kid, <laughs> I always thought by the time I'm a grown up, I'll know everything and I won't have to worry about anything. That's we, what the, it means to be grown up, Chuck, to know everything. Man, isn't it the opposite oops, though, guys? Oops. <laughs> the, the older we get, the more I realize I don't know, the yeah. more I realize that really nobody has it all figured out and all perfect. And, uh, and there's a lifelong learning and growth process for all of us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, there's a lot to, but as children, even as a child realizing that, you know, that I didn't know anything and I thought the grownups did, man, there is so much simplicity to the faith of a child 
yeah. that we need. And that's Jesus said as much, right? We Unless you come to me with the faith of a little child, like one of these, yeah. right? we, we need to get out of our heads sometimes mm. and just listen to the simple truth of who God is and what he's really doing in the world. Yeah. And kids can speak that back to us sometimes in a way that we need to be the ones who, who open our ears and have eyes to see and ears to hear what God is saying. And a lot of times uh, in moments that we're about to enter into where we are stressed and yeah. we are feeling the burden of regathering a ministry under uncertain circumstances, we can be so distracted and disrupted and discouraged and divided by uh, the stresses that we're under, that we can miss the simplicity yeah. of the gospel, the simplicity of the hope of the world that we need to keep our focus set on. That's it. And the this, the object of our hope is more important, right? It is the most important. It's what do we hope in? Who do we hope in? Well, that's that's that really beautiful passage in Ephesians that that names for us like our eyes are fixed on he who is our hope that transforms who we are. Like I think that's that's kind of this like I don't know, it's it's the reflection, right? Like it's one of those that that hope that we have or hold was not like self-generated. Like we didn't like come up with it. We didn't effort it, which is so contrary to how often ministry functions where we have like, I mean, that's where like, I mean, and we're guilty of it too. Like we're telling youth pastors, you know, to plan, to program, to calendar. Like there are these organizational tasks that you should, should send do things, things in advance. And yeah, we need to do those things. Right. That's, that's part of being, you need to do up, those things. Right? Yeah. And yet, and yet hope is something that we can't muster or effort. Uh, it's a thing that centers us. It's a thing that holds us. Uh, in the same way that my son has done nothing to get ready for first grade. Right. And yet, like his mom has gone before and got the supplies that he needed. We went yesterday and met his teacher. And so now he's really excited because we walked the halls of his school and he met his teacher. Um, and so it, it comes in those places that uh, we we trust enough to know, we believe enough to know that as as dim as things feel that there are these little like uh, outcroppings protrusions of like uh, like these these little bubbles ups of hope and i just i see it more and more in those that have not been so stressed out that they're unwilling to listen or they haven't been so uh informed that they're willing to believe or so uh, worn down by media content and messaging that they're receptive to hear. And I think, I mean, I can't imagine a better place, a better space than a gathering uh, with kiddos, first grade, fourth grade, whatever, like where there's a chance to hear from them what they're seeing and experiencing and the ways in which they call out or call us up to be even more hopeful or excited. Like there's just little things that happen with them that are world shaping, world shaking that for us, either we get too dismissive or we overlook or it wasn't part of the plan. So it's less of a deal. And I just, I don't know, pastorally, we've been trying to encourage youth pastors and just wanted to, you know, as we come across the stream and just share that, that this fall season may not go according to plan. It may not go according to program, but I don't think that diminishes the spaces or capacity that we should have to be hopeful 
even if we feel totally depleted. And I think that's the thing that I can't imagine a, a, a more significant miss than to think that some of the things that we planned didn't happen. Therefore, we have less hope in what God has in store for us. Yeah. And that's, you know, we can be, and this is part of just what it means to be an American and a Western thinker is we tend to be very self-reliant and self-sufficient and self-dependent. And we feel like we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we can plan our way out of anything. And we can, we can, we can, I can. The focus of all of that hope is on myself, my ability to plan, my ability to strategize, my ability to lead or inspire or teach. And the reality is that is the complete wrong focus of where we should place our hope. Because if we're placing our hope in our own work or effort or preparation, we are misdirecting our hope. That is not how God intends us uh, to live. And when we shift that, when we live that way, go back for a second, when we live with that hope set in ourselves or our own abilities, we are always going to be disappointed. Because we, we will always fail. We will always fall short. And when we do, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when we set our focus differently, when we shift our focus off of our own navels, we stop being, you know, <laughs> belly button lookers where we're, no, we're focused like so it. much I on like ourselves it. that all we see is that. And we lift our eyes and we focus on Jesus. We focus on what God is doing. He is doing a much bigger work in the world and in history, and in our communities, and in the lives of the kids in our churches, than we can even comprehend. And we know he's a God of hope. He is not a God of discouragement and disappointment. He is working out a plan. Mm -hmm. He promises that his plan will be accomplished. We get to be a part of that. Yeah. Maybe his ways are different than ours, right? The word tells us his ways are higher than ours. And so we may not always understand when he takes us a direction that we didn't anticipate. Yeah. But when we fix our eyes on him, mm. fix our eyes on him, he is the author and the finisher of, mm. of the faith and of history. He is working out a plan that instead of us stressing out and worrying and, and operating in a place that we're grumpy and grouchy and weighted down and discouraged by all the terrible things that are happening. Instead, we can find our hope when we say, we know that God is in charge and God's in control. And I don't know what he's doing, but I have such trust in him that Mm. we can do anything because of that. Mm. Such a good word. That perspective. And as we lead in ministry, we, we know, and again, we've learned a lot about what it means to be contagious with COVID and this whole thing, but whatever we have (laughs) as leaders, whatever we have is contagious. So if we're grumpy and grouchy and discouraged and, and, um, and unhappy all the time, people around us are going to pick up on that and they're going to be the same way. But if we can live as people of hope with our focus on the God of hope, Mm. that will be contagious as well. And isn't that much a much better thing for us to pass on? Yeah. Well, so Chuck, the two things that, that I just want to share with your, with your listeners uh, in kind of our time here, um, first is exactly what you said, uh, that whatever you're carrying, um, others, if you're in a position of leadership, Sunday school class, small group, children's pastor, next-gen leader, uh, whatever you're carrying, um, others are looking to. And that's not a statement that you have to always be okay, but you need to be self-aware enough that when you're not, 
you have as much of a plan for taking care of you as you do taking care of the ministry. So if you are stressed out and snap back and snap off and get really critical or like get really either gossipy or or mean or 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 sharp tongued or or just fold up and are not open and relational to folks, you need to notice the indicators that put you to that spot and get as ready to lead as you are prepared to lead. And I think both of those things really matter. And so this is not to say you have to be like sunshine uh, and gumdrops uh, every Sunday morning, but you need to figure out Monday through Saturday, what are the things that you need to refill enough to be available and abiding for those that you're leading? Not just prepared, um, but ready uh, and prepared. Uh, The second thing that I wanna share with your folks uh, is, I think this is a season, and this is something that we've kind of talked around with some of our student ministry leaders, and it goes back to what we shared on the first half of the episode. Uh, Up until the last year and a half or so, I think a lot of us did ministry out of what we had learned. It was like previous experience, like when I was a kid, here's what I want you to know. In student ministry, there was a coming tide of, well, we're all learning phones together. (laughs) Like that's, that's kind of the first breakthrough that like students had cell phones about the same time that a lot of adults did. So unlike cars, which would have been like the the, previous generations, you know, like parents were learning to drive about the same time as kids, although not at the same frequency, like we all just got phones. Like in 2011, everybody got like dad got a new phone and all the kids got the old phones Um, that we're like parenting through the technology as our students are getting it this pandemic of the last year and a half, we're all processing the pain, the stress, the grief and loss at the same time. So there isn't uh, a a ready-made like callback to when you were their age. Like we're all going through it together. And so in that way, I think having more honesty amongst your leaders, those leader meetings, those huddles before you gather, like there are some folks that are coming in week in and week out that are less okay or ready than than they want to be or ready to be for you and just having those open spots. But I think even at the level of elementary students, there needs to be space for them to share what they're experiencing and feeling, even if they don't know how to make sense of it, because we're all in that spot. And so maybe in, you know, a few years ago, we would have said, oh, well, he's feeling shy probably because of this. Like, I don't think there's easy categories. I think there's some things that are blurred that like, we've all lost somebody or we're all scared for different reasons, but there's like a heightened sense of all of our feelings. And even in Sunday school class, even in small group time as a second grader, fifth grader, is there a little bit of room, a little bit of space for students to share just how they're feeling that week or what they're experiencing and the ways in which we can uh, honor that uh, both in our biblical teaching and our spiritual care for them. So those are the things I'd want to share going into the fall. Man, great words, great words. I want to encourage our listeners to, to do some searching of the scriptures for that word hope. I think that's a key word. You know, as we, a lot of people start the new year in January, the new year's kick off with a, like a word for the year. Theme word. Yeah. Yeah, Theme word. (laughs) Guys, what if, what if we consider doing something similar for fall for this ministry season? And what if that word was hope or one of those words? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of things that happen naturally or that we feel we react to um, based on situations that come 
our natural reaction is not to be hopeful most of the time. Yeah. Our natural reaction is to be fearful uh, yeah. or to be something different, right? That, that's not a positive. Uh, so I want to challenge you listeners to search the scriptures for the word hope. Um, so just a, a couple references here. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, mm. so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Man, that verse alone, mm. Romans 15, 13, that is worth writing down and sticking on a post-it right in front of your office, right in front of your door, on your mirror, so that we can remember one, that God is a God of hope. He's the God of hope. What a cool promise that is. Mm. And that the hope he gives us is for our good and for what he's doing in the world. Uh, so, man, Romans 15, 13 is a good one. Um, uh, Psalms are full of them. Uh, Psalm 39, 7, Now, O Lord, what, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Uh, Psalm 71, 5, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust. Um, so uh, Psalm 43, 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil uh, within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Psalm 119, 114, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. That, that, that concept of hope is all through scripture and that our hope is not in something unknown. Our hope, hope has a name. Right, the name mm, of it's yes, Jesus. it's a person. Uh, right, right. It's hope is a person, and when we know the God of hope, um, the momentary light afflictions that we are faced with mm. in difficult times are just that, because our eyes are fixed on something different, and that's on that's on God. Amen. Chuck, thanks for having me on today, man. It's always man, fun to have a little time together. It's always good. And, and this was definitely a little different than the type of conversations we normally have, but we need to speak to the heart. And I, I'm so glad that you were prompted that way uh, to say, look, let's not talk about a specific strategy or five tips for whatever, but let's just speak to our listeners and just say, mm -hmm. guys, we want to encourage you. Our hope yes. is in the Lord and he is working out his plan. Zach, as we close... Would you mind praying for those who are Absolutely. serving and leading in kids ministry? That's also not something that we often do on the podcast, but man, I would love uh, for you to just pray a word over our listeners as we get ready to reset and go for fall. hundred um, percent. Holy God, I pray over the person right now driving in their car, sitting in their office, taking a walk or cleaning up around the house that you would remind them how near you are with a thousand things that we could do and a to-do list that seems to add three things every hour. Would you remind us that you are near, that you love us, know us by name, and are with us when we feel empty, depleted. God, we are thankful that our hope does not come from us. And we need to be reminded that our hope comes from you. Jesus, we thank you for your glorious grace, which frees us because you love us. Um, give us the wisdom and understanding, the joy and the peace to know that we have a hope and a future with you in you. 
and in all the things. Uh, I pray now for the ministries that we lead, for the students, the kiddos, preschool, elementary, this next generation, as they are growing up in times like these, that they would learn to trust and depend on you, and that we would model that with humility, love, and grace. God, we thank you for being near and being faithful. Amen. Amen. Zach, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Uh, Listen, as we mentioned at the head of this uh, podcast episode, Zach and I will be co-hosting the simulcast for this year's Etch Conference. Listen, one of the ways that we find hope is by coming together with others who do what we do. And so Etch is an opportunity not just for you to get filled up with conference lectures and material, although it's a fantastic place to get that training. Our goal is to inform, instruct, and inspire you. The the conference name Etch is about equipping the church and home for ministry. And so it is an equipping event, but it's also a place to come together with other people uh, who know what you, who, who feel what you feel who are doing what you're doing and to network together with those folks. And so Zach and I are excited to be the virtual hosts for the simulcast audience. If you're interested, and and I want to encourage you to check this out if you have not already, if you don't already have plans, go to etchconference.com, excuse me, etchconference.com, check out the website and register. Excuse me. Register today uh, to reserve your your spot, either for the uh, live attendance, uh, which is filling up and about to close. I believe it, it may actually be uh, sold out. We're getting very close. Um, That's exciting. I mean, that the, room, the people are in the room, full up, <laughs> man. But there's unlimited room in the simulcast. Yeah, we can host millions, and we will have thousands. and big fun so in the simulcast. I, I have I have to tell you, Chuck. It's it's kind of been a lifelong dream to get to host some events. I I feel like that's an arena that's that's fun. Uh, again, I think we're wired very similarly. Uh, the energy of coming on, trying to raise the energy or like moderate the energy and then kind of move on. Like that's like, I love that we get the little bits throughout the day. Uh, they're going to set us up. I don't know if this, they're going to set us up in the big room with like everybody over our shoulder. That's just, uh, that's sensory overload in the best possible way. Uh, we'll be like those people in the back of the room on the Golden Globes or like that's the, it, yeah. you know, the, the People's Choice Awards or whatever. <laughs> it would be so anyhow well listeners we we'd love for you to join us uh check out the edge conference at edgeconference.com thank you again for listening zach thanks for being here buddy thanks everybody bye listeners see you later in a day and age where good news seems scarce the gospel project helps you bring the good news of the gospel to your kids every single week With this Christ-centered chronological Bible study, you can help kids see that God's word is more than just a story. It's good news. Try it today at gospelproject.com.